You're listening to the Mining for Mayhem podcast, and you can find me, the phenomenal one, AJ, over at Backseat Bookers. Too sweet. Merry Christmas, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Mining for Mayhem. This week, we are going to sum up the year that was, the year that was 2019, the decade, the past 10 years, everything in WWE, and we're going to focus on the greatest returns in the past decade. But I'm not alone. From the Getro podcast, I have one of the Getro boys, Daryl. Daryl, how are you, mate? Yo, 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 yo. I am fine and dandy, man. I'm glad to be on the show. Thanks for having me. No worries. Now, it is Christmas Eve where you are. You guys haven't quite hit Christmas yet. Yeah, Christmas Eve here. Just uh, actually in Denver, it's currently like 8 a.m. Christmas Eve. Okay. So we're currently on 12.58 a.m. on Christmas Day. (laughs) Well, Merry Christmas, man. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Merry Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Very happy holidays to you and Merry Christmas and everything, whatever it is you celebrate. I know everyone <laughs> celebrates something different these days. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to cover all bases. Oh, yeah. Got to cover all <laughs> bases, whether that be WWE, AEW, everyone supports something different. But at the end of the day, wrestling is for everyone. Yes. And I saw I that it. on a I saw that on a video that I watched um, from, I watched it yesterday, I think it was. It was a video from a couple of years ago between Effie, who I've I've never, I've heard of him. I've never seen a match, but Effie and Izzy Mania. (laughs) Yeah, I saw, I think you posted on Twitter. I did see the clip. And I watched it. It was an interesting match. Effie sold. Izzy won the match using a stunner, and because she's so small and doesn't, at the time she was only eleven, so she obviously didn't have the athletic ability that obviously the wrestlers these days do. So she's Effie's bent down. She's wrapped her arm around his neck jumps up in the air, Effie's lifted her up at the same time and then put her back down to make it look like a stunner and then he's just thrown himself backwards and done a backflip and he sold that move like an absolute champion. The only one that could sell a stunner better than that is Shane McMahon. <laughs> no, it's true, man. I'm, I personally am a uh, The Rock uh fan when it comes to selling stunners myself but Shane is also really good too 
And yeah, so we discussed today, um, or technically, actually, it would have been this morning my time, so your time last night, I believe, that we were discussing what we were going to talk about, and we sort of came, just talking in general, we came to the um, conclusion, let's sum up the past decade of the greatest returns, based off one of the videos that WWE had posted off their 20 greatest returns, is there was also another post and everyone sort of had their own opinion on it. One of the um, first ones that came up on my timeline was the return of Bray Wyatt transitioning into the um, the Fiend. Would you classify that as the greatest return in the past decade? Does that rank up there at all? So, I, uh, for me, I personally liked the old Bray too. So, yeah, in my, in my, so I, I have a little bias against it because I was like, oh man, there's nothing wrong with the old Bray. They just booked him really bad. But seeing yeah. as how this new fiend Bray Wyatt is working and how it's just like taking the WWE by storm, like, I can see how people can put that on the list, but I mean, it's not the top. I'm not going to put it above um, Roman Reigns coming back from cancer or the Hardy Boys, which gave me like goosebumps or anything. But I mean, if people like that as a return, then I guess, yeah, go like they can put that on the list. I wouldn't put it on the top though. What about you? Uh, It's definitely not the top of the top. It should be. Like I watched the top 20 and I definitely don't agree with it. There's a lot of returns in there that are very... It sent shockwaves through the universe and then it just sort of fizzled out. Bray, the return in general, came from out of nowhere. No one was prepared for that. But I think what was even more impressive than the return itself was the in-ring return at SummerSlam against Finn Balor. He absolutely killed it. Yes. And apparently almost killed Finn Finn Balor with that weird neck-breaking move that he had. Neck crank. Yeah. (laughs) I don't even know what that was. (laughs) I was like, oh, wow. But yeah, no. He, yeah. His his reintroduction into the ring, because that's what everyone, on our show too, we were like, you know, this is cool, Firefly, Funhouse, yeah, yeah, yeah. But let let's get back in the ring. Come on, let's let's see what you got in the ring. Let's see where it goes. Because we always we kind of always knew that he was such a good worker, but like we didn't know how this whole all his promos were going to translate, and it translated so well. Oh yeah, it's he's really as bright and as the fame has captivated the universe, the wrestling community. It's probably one of the best things of this year. It's definitely probably one of the best returns of this year. I wouldn't so much say the past decade. I think another name, like you obviously said The Rock from 2011 and then The Hardys. One of the other ones um, I thought of was Daniel Bryan when he returned from or came out of retirement. Oh, and yeah. that was more of a, not a return, but an in-ring return. And that was 
oh, thank God, finally. Because everyone loves Daniel Bryan. We all care for him. We want to see him well. We want to see him follow his dreams and to see him achieve what everyone thought was impossible was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. The downside of that, as great as that was, there was one downside, and it had nothing to do with Brian himself, but his return made everyone want to see the return of Tyson Kidd, but more specifically, Edge. Oh, yeah. No, 100%. It's kind of like, um, I don't know if you're familiar with, like, uh, pro football here in the states, but like we have uh, like an all pro running back called uh, named Adrian Peterson. Sorry if this is totally foreign to you, but he tore in, he tore his ACL, and when he came back, because like normally a, to- a torn ACL means like <clears throat> you're never gonna come back as good as you were, but he came back almost as good or better, and this is kind of the same thing where it's like now they. Now every athlete that has like a devastating knee injury, like they're saying, oh, well, if Adrian Peterson can come back, uh, then Derek Rose can come back or who like whoever athlete you can name. This is kind of the yeah. same thing where like now they're like, think- oh, because Edge now apparently is there. I guess they're prepping for a 2020 return. Maybe that's the rumor or is that confirmed? Nothing's been confirmed and everyone's talking about it because he's obviously said he's good to return tomorrow. So everyone's assuming the rumble. But he put it out on Twitter the other day that stop the rumors, I'm not coming back, end of story. Just wanted to put an end to it, put it to rest. So, But then again, we've, we've like seen that before too with a, yeah. it's like, oh, I'm not going to be going to WWE and all of a sudden like, oh, AJ Styles, what are you doing at the rumble? Or the Hardys, yeah. You just had a, a hardcore ladder match the night before. What are you doing here? That's exactly what I said. I said, look, I really hope what he's saying is genuine because I don't want to see him re-injure himself. He went out in the best way possible. His last yes. match was at WrestleMania where he retained the world heavyweight title. The only way that could have been better is if he actually won the title. But he went out world heavyweight champion last match at WrestleMania. I don't want to see him tarnish that, but I'd love to see him return. And I mean, if I was in his position making a return, I'd want it to be as big of a pop as possible, as big of a surprise. That's exactly what I'd say to put people off. Mm. Yeah, no. And and, and what's... uh, WWE is kind of like... Also, I don't want to say ruined returns too, but like, you know, like Goldberg returned and all of a sudden, like, you thought it was just going to be a one match thing with Brock Lesnar or whatnot, just because, you know, he never really was that into the WWE form. But like, all of a sudden, like, now he's doing matches with The Undertaker. And then that was a huge, weird match in uh, oh, Saudi Arabia. And then he tried to make say. up for it against Dolph. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. So it's like, you know, like I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I, I agree with you. I'm hoping, kind of like, it's the big return. It's kind of like a one-off, but I hope they don't like try to like milk it as much as possible, like they did for Goldberg, where all of a sudden he's yeah. doing like weird jobber matches, not jobber matches, but like 
you know, five second matches was he's spearing Dolph Ziggler because he keeps on like heckling him. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then yeah. that, and that kind of tarnishes the image a little bit. And that could almost be said for one of the other returns, Sting. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. What you th- What do you think of that return? What did you? What, how did? How did you like the return of, of Sting? Uh, when it happened at Survivor Series, I did not see that coming at all. The moment the crow appeared on the Tron, I think that's when I knew all the crow sound and all that graphical stuff. That's when I'm pretty sure I knew it was Sting. But up until that match, I had no idea that Sting was even coming to WWE. We, we'd been talking about it as me and my mate at the time. We had been talking about Sting coming to WWE for about four years at that point, since about 2011, or maybe 2009, around that area. Every year, we were talking about Sting coming and having a match with Taker at the Rumble, and he never did. And now, I think it's too late. I don't think we're going to get the one match everyone wanted. Yeah. I say wanted because to say everyone wants makes it sound like it's a possibility. No, yeah, I completely agree, and and that's what sucks. It's like it should have been the Undertaker. It's oh man, I will say this though, um, I I myself I like Sting. I respect Sting, but I uh, not a big fan of Sting. But um, the so the thing that I remember the most when he was unveiled when the box came up was that his face paint was already, like, kind of coming off, and it's just like, yeah. bro, what were you doing, stuff. man? Like, you were just in a box. Like, were you sweating that much? Like, why is your face paint coming off? Like, you were in, like, a 30-minute match. Like, what's going on? Yeah. But, yeah. It was, I, uh, yeah. I think you were right. I think he was probably sweating and wiping it off. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, oh, man, this guy must be, like, nervous as all hell. But, like, um, yeah, no, uh, it should have been Taker. It should have, like, that's that was the match that, like, everyone wanted and everyone was expecting that was the dream match that wcw and wwe fans wanted and uh like it could have been it could have been better the return could have been better yeah and going back to um the returns uh, of these legends or whatever you want to call it one of them was 20 16, I believe. It was the return. Well, you were in the middle of the ring for this award ceremony where Vince was presenting an award for Stephanie. And it just got really weird and awkward. Like, it's the most pointless award there is. Why is he doing it? And then just out of the blue, all you hear over the PA system was... Here comes the money, 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 money. And I'm just (laughs) like, oh my God. And if that's not a huge shock return, I don't know what is. Oh, yeah. Normally, the one thing I've noticed, and with Brock Lesnar's return in 2012, was it? I think so, yeah. For for Cena. Yeah. When his music hit and they panned the crowd, 
there was signs saying Brock is back. I didn't even know Brock was coming back, so I don't know how people got the inside scoop like that. But you didn't see anything like that for Shane. And oh, yeah. Reception- that was a genuine surprise. The reception he got was huge. And he just he was trending on social media for weeks to the point that after Raw, like the deal was he was going to go away and he wasn't um, going to become GM or anything. But they had such a tremendous roar and social media following and everything. They had to bring him back because he was what was um, drawing at the time. Yeah, no, he, um, his, yeah, his comeback was a genuine surprise. I think what he tried to like start his own company or something like that. And it's not like it was doing bad or anything. I think he just decided to come back, I guess. I don't, I don't know the full story, but yeah, I thought he was completely done with the company. He was just kind of like, yeah, Stephanie and Hunter, just take it, whatever. I didn't think that it was like, there was a chance to be honest with you. Uh, yeah. That he was going to come back, but it's so good to as as much as people complained that he was on TV way too much. Where like they even had a storyline where Kevin Owens was like complaining about it himself. Mm. <laughs> it was still really good to see him on TV since we haven't seen him for so long, and apparently he's yeah. like paying his dues by like falling off of. Uh, <laughs> Falling how many hundred, how many feet above, uh, above the ring, off cages, off, uh, like uh, what's it called, scaffolding, during with the Miz and like it's he's he's paying his dues. Oh yeah, I wouldn't mind it um, if it was a one-off here and there, like or a spot that you randomly take because obviously you don't see Miz do that often. But when mm-hmm. you become known for doing that, and that becomes your signature move, falling off some ridiculously high structure, there's paying your dues and like walk after yourself, dude. Like pay your dues somehow else. Yeah. Glad <laughs> I'm glad he wants to do it, and all respect to him for it. But I don't want to see him hurt himself trying to do it either. Yeah, hundred percent. There's like some of these like. That, like not to get off topic, but like some of these like deathmatch spots are just like way too crazy. Where it's like, uh, I mean, I'm not saying that Shane McMahon's in like a deathmatch or anything, but like some of these spots that like he does, or like you see on like indie wrestling with like the light bulbs coming, like jumping yeah. off buildings and stuff. You're just Things like, Yo. yeah, yeah. It's like, bro, come on. Like, let's think about this for uh, for a quick second. Like, I can yeah. only watch those hardcore violent matches where they pick them up and power bomb them into thumbtacks or barbed wire baseball. But I normally cheer for that and all that. And the only time there has only ever been two times between WWE and AEW that I have cringed and either turned my head or full on walked out of the room because it was just too much. Like, I didn't walk out completely and not come back. I just thought, okay, I need to go to the toilet. I'm, this is the perfect time to go. <laughs> like I just needed to look away and the two times was John Moxley and Kenny Omega I loved that match the only bit that got to me was the glass in between the fingers oh, that was yeah. the bit that got to me 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a that's a rough one. I thought you were going to lo- say the bet the bed of uh, barbed wire, but yeah, no, the glass. Oh, yeah. No, I loved like I loved that barbed wire spider web. I yeah. thought that was brilliant. And the only other bit that got to me came from WrestleMania this year, and it was Triple H and Batista and the nose ring. Oh, <laughs> when he took out the pliers. Oh, <laughs> I have never cringed. That was the first time I've ever cringed at something before. And I've I've watched CZW where they've taken an electrical power tool to someone's head. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. There's some rough ones on those. Well, like yeah, the the, <laughs> the nose ring was funny though because so you know he's half Filipino, so we cheer for Tito Dave Batista, but like. When he first came out, we were like, when did he get a nose ring? What's his nose ring from? Like, what is... And then all of a sudden, when we saw the pliers, we were like, oh, man, that's a really long setup for <laughs> a, little, a little bit too much commitment for this nose ring thing. But yeah, the nose ring thing was was a bit... Uh, yeah, I got a little bit uh, squeamish. I was like, damn, what the hell? <laughs> What's going on over here? But uh, yeah, no, that's... Uh, you know, I will say so. Since we're on the topic, it sounds so small, but the one thing that I was like in this past year was um, <laughs> when uh, Moxley took off Janela. I don't know if you remember this. Moxley took off Janela, Joey Janela's shoes, and Joey um, he did a uh, what's it called? He did like a front knee drop into for joey to go into the uh thumbtacks and step on the thumbtacks and then just the sight of him having like five ten twelve thumbtacks in his on his feet i was like bro come on man that sucks like stepping on legos sucks but stepping on like 12 thumbtacks and having them stuck on your feet that's gotta just be like the stupid like the worst feeling i didn't see the actual um show but i remember seeing a clip of that i think one of my favorite moments though like i'm a huge jimmy havoc fan oh yeah when they put the thumbtacks in the mouth and taped him off oh my god yes yeah <laughs> that was like, like oh, oh shit, that's dope like, i wasn't cringing like oh my god oh no <laughs> that's, i'm like that's so painful and i was watching because i'm like <laughs> And the fact that he didn't swallow them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He held them in his mouth. <laughs> I was like, spit him out for that long. Yeah, Jimmy Havoc, man. Oh, man. I, I didn't know about Jimmy Havoc until AEW. But damn, I am so happy I know about Jimmy Havoc now because he's pretty good. Him, Darby I'd, Allen, Joey Janela. Yeah. I'd heard of Joey Janela and I've heard of Jimmy Havoc before AEW, but I'd never. Like, I knew of them, but I'd never really seen their matches. Until until now, until now they became... And that's the beauty of AEW, because, like, mm. yeah, like, you hear about these things. Like, I, I kind of got, like, hooked on it because it was like, oh, all these people I've heard about in the indies, all in one promotion and doing the same thing they did in the indies, I, now I get to check them out. This is going to be cool. And lo and behold, it's actually even better than I thought it was going to be. Because I've turned into huge fans of these guys now. Yeah. 
I am totally the same. It's like, I love Joey Janelle. I think my, I don't know, I'm torn. I love Jimmy Havoc. He's definitely my number three, but I can't pick a number one. I'm torn between yeah. one and two with Joey Janela and Jungle Boy. Oh, yeah, Jungle Boy, yeah. Jack Perry, man, that guy's good too, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I completely completely agree on that. They're both they're both going to make big waves 2020, for sure. Yeah. It's the way it's setting up. The way it's setting up, it looks pretty good. I think the yeah. one thing that really helps you connect with them, or at least for me anyway, is a lot of them have done interviews with Chris Van Vliet, and I've Ooh. like... He's what got me into podcasting. His where he got interviewed by Josh on Wrestling Reverb. That's where it all started for me. Oh, really? I'd been that's awesome. Him. I'd been watching him for ages on YouTube and following him on Twitter, so I knew when his next video got uploaded. And then I'd seen this thing about oh, interview with the boys from Wrestling Reverb. So I went and checked it out on Spotify, and I'm like, hold on, this kid's Australian, and I'm thinking. How difficult is doing your own podcast? And I looked into it. I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. So I sent Josh a message <laughs> on Twitter. I'm like, I heard your podcast, loved it. Uh, what can you tell me about it? And yada, yada, yada. And six months, actually, it's more than six months now. It's like March, April, May. It's almost eight months later now. Dude, that's and, and your yeah. show is awesome. So it's like, He's oh, giving good so advice. You're doing great things. Dude, honestly, I'm going <laughs> to... So I'm going to shout out, like, yeah, we got to shout out Josh on this because I think you were the, one of the first ones. So I... When we, when we started our podcast, too, we didn't know what we were doing. It was kind of like an idea that we've always had. And then, like, January 2019 came, and my, my, my best friend, Justin, who is the main guy in our podcast was just like, Hey, let's do it. Let's start the podcast. And we're like, I, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, I don't, we'll see what to, well, well, I mean, I'll, I'll look up stuff, but like, let's, I guess let's do it, but we don't know what to do. So I started like building uh, our social media and Josh was the very first, one of the very first people that I've talked to that helped us. And then when I, I think when I started talking to you, you were like, Oh, I was like, I think I said like, oh, you're Australian. Do you know Josh and or Josh Robinson? And you were like, oh yeah, Josh, love Josh. So I had to like immediately text Josh and be like, dude, thank you so much because I didn't realize how many people you're you've been helping with like podcasting and all that stuff because I didn't realize like I know he helped you a lot. He's helped us a ton. So I'm like. And I'm sure there's other podcasts out there that Josh has been like, has his uh, dipped his toe, has his hands into the, to help. So I have to shout out Josh out here, man. Josh is a good guy. Yeah. And I've had a couple of people message me asking me for help. I'm like, whoa, back up a minute. I've been doing this for, like, this is the time where I've been three, four months in. I'm like, I've been doing this for three, four months. I tell you what, though, if you want to, hear what a good podcast sounds like so you can get a rhythm for it i can help you or tell you how i do it which is using anchor and i use skype and i do it all like i literally do everything off my phone and sometimes my tv when i connect my phone to my tv for that um 
random react segment. I'll tell them that and how I do it. But I said, if you want to hear a good podcast and get the vibe for it, go listen to this episode. And I always recommend the episode with Josh and Chris, Chris Van Vliet. Always. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, Chris Van Vliet. Actually, I got a funny story about Chris Van Vliet. So he uh, he was at All Glory, the Impact Show. All, the, the, the Impact Show the night before their big one. I forgot the name of it already. Hard to Kill, probably, I think. But he was at All Glory, or Bound for Glory. He was at the show before Bound for Glory in Chicago. And luckily, I was visiting uh, at the same time. Uh, so we were like, oh, let's just go to the show. Let's go to the show. So while we we're there, we didn't realize like so many people were going to be there from Impact. And Chris Van Zliet was there. And then, um, so we were just walking and I was like, fuck, I got to go pee. I, <laughs> going toward the bathroom, I run into Chris Van Fleet and I'm like, bro, dude, I have to tell you, man, you know, I love your work, your, uh, your inspiration, great stuff on what you do. And he, we were like talking and he's such a genuinely nice guy and he's great at his craft. But I was like, yo, I'm sorry to do this to you, man. I really got to pee. So I got to get you, I got to, I got to let you go. And he's like, just starts laughing. And he's just like, all right, man. And I'm like, oh, damn, I could have talked more about wrestling with Chris Van Fleet, which has been awesome. But like my bladder just couldn't take it. So I had to like, I had to leave, <laughs> I had to leave. And I was like, but yeah, he was genuinely such a nice guy. Uh, obviously he does great things for wrestling and wrestling fans alike. So that's cool that, yeah, that he did an interview with Josh. Yeah, it's, well, apparently from what I read, he made the uh, rounds with a few of the people from um, Brain Buster Radio, which one I do recommend Josh's one. The other one I recommended was with Wilf and Omega Luke on their um, new podcast that they did. They did an episode of tips to starting out a podcast and podcasting 101. So I've always recommended that because I listened to that and there were so many great tips in there. But I... One of the first bits of advice I got from a lot of the Brain Buster radio crew when I first started out was your first episode is always going to sound like crap. Oh, yeah. I listened to it, and I'm just like, oh, my God. And I recorded myself, and I didn't like it, so I deleted it, and I recorded it again and deleted it and recorded it again to the point I thought, if I keep doing this, I'm never going to release my first episode. So I basically closed my eyes and hit release. And even <laughs> to this day, I still cannot listen to it. So, And that's what I loved about the Brain Buster crew. As rubbish as it sounded, they were still kind enough to fill me with confidence and say, dude, that's probably one of the better first podcasts anyone's ever released. I'm like, oh my God, that means so much. And I'm just like listening to it going, like I listen to to it now because I can only get through about two minutes of it, and then I listen to other people's first podcasts. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm nowhere near up to par. And I think the only one that I know of that I've listened to that has not had a bad first podcast was Queen. Her oh very yeah, first episode was legendary. It's like, hold on, this is her first episode. Are we sure yeah. about this? Yeah, honestly, like I don't know what her background is, but man, like, yeah, her, the way she just talks and gets you, like, just 
engulfed in her and everything she's talking about, no matter what topic. Like, yeah, she she's really good. Shout out to all of Brain Buster. Man, RIP, but shout out to Wilf, Queen, Headlock Talk, Mags. Oh, man, Josh. There's there's such Luke. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Such a great, like, band of podcasts that, like, really helped uh really help a lot of people i know they helped out you and me but uh yeah <laughs> yeah, that, yeah they like, so the for you world. yeah 100 percent, man 100 percent. so for all you uh new podcasters out there look back at all all those people because that's how we got our how we got our start too whoever's listening I'm I'm <laughs> the one thing i know i don't know how to put it exactly on how I felt about it, but when Brainbuster went down, I was getting a lot of messages going because everyone was commenting to everyone that was a part of Brainbuster saying, I heard what happened, hope you still keep podcasting, etc. to all my Brainbuster family. And everyone kept ta- tagging me and I'm like, hold on, I was never a part of this. Why do people think I was a part of Brainbuster? <laughs> and I'm like, I feel so honored to be associated for this legendary crew like they were amazing and while we're talking about people from brain buster shout out to kevin i get a talk there with him go. next on next week's episode oh nice and nice nice we're, we're gonna talk all things wrestle kingdom oh nice that'd be dope because i think yeah new japan's the one thing i really can't talk about because i don't know enough of what I'm talking about. I just know some of the people involved. So I will be learning a lot. We're actually recording this Sunday. Oh, nice. Dude, nice. Dude, we are in the same boat. Like, 100% in the same boat. And that's why I love... I'm hoping that AEW somehow uh, creates a contract with uh, NJPW in New Japan. So, like, because... That's the one that I want to lock into more because our boy Charlie, who is our honored uh, guest when it comes to indies, because he got us into the indies and he's really big on New Japan. And so is Justin too, but more so uh, Charlie and Justin. And well, well, the rest of us are kind of like for the, for the Get Joe podcast are kind of not that uh engulfed in it or we we don't know that much about it so like we kind of just we need like we need charlie and justin to kind of like let us know how new japan is and what russell kingdom's all about so dude i totally feel you on that just not like we want like we want to know and we it's glad i'm glad you're getting it from kevin man because that's good resource yeah, it's, and I know, because I saw Kevin post a couple of weeks ago, someone should talk New Japan on their podcast, but I'm, like, I'm down for that, because I want to be able to cover a variety of topics, and mm-hmm. I want to talk to different people about it, and I think New Japan's probably the one thing I really haven't talked about, and I've talked to Kevin before on one of my podcast episodes, and I, I had a ball, Seth, Kevin and I, I had this list of complete random questions I found on the net about life in general. And it'd be like, what's your favorite fast food restaurant? If you were put in this situation, how would you handle it? And we were just talking smack for about an hour on the podcast. And it was great fun. 
I love talking to Kevin. He's so chill and laid back and just a genuinely nice guy. No, that's good, man. That's real good. So <clears throat> speaking, because you, you said earlier there were some bad returns. Uh, were you talking about the great Kali when you were talking about bad returns of the last decade? Oh, uh, yes, that is one I saw on the top <laughs> 20, and I was I had forgotten about that one already. That's why I just said bad returns, because like, they were so bad, I blocked them out of my memory, and I couldn't remember. Oh, like, <laughs> What was even the point of that? I don't know. <laughs> it's just so insane. That and the, what was it, the Punjabi prison match? Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, with Randy Orton. And we all thought he'd be making a return as Jinder Mahal's lackey because the Singh brothers were useless. But oh, yeah. nothing. It was literally a one-off, pointless nothing. Yeah. I would have... It's... Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. That's one of there's one return we haven't touched on yet. We've focused on all the male superstars, but two of the big returns this decade, female-wise, or you could almost go three, was Paige, Tris Stratus, and Lita. Yes. Like, honestly, the pop that they get makes me wonder how their, an Evolution 2 wasn't made for this year. Like, I know, right? Like, you know people love them. You know people want to see them. Like, it's... <clears throat> they're great entertainment for both young and old. Like, it's... And the pop they get is just... It's... It's better, it's better than Great Kali. That's for damn sure. But, uh... Even when um, Brie Bella returned... Yeah. And to team up with Daniel Bryan, or even at the first Women's Royal Rumble... Nikki Bella came out first, and she obviously got a huge, a big pop. But when Brie Bella came out, she got a wicked huge pop. Yeah. And it's funny, too, because, like, people, like, you know, you see the little clips, and people make jokes. Like, we even make jokes, or uh, Getcho makes jokes, where, like, you know, Brie kind of does certain things that, like, she, she's a little bit of a botch. Uh, at time, she does some botches from time to time, but yeah, even like all fans forget that once they saw her and just start cheering for her, man. Like, she gets good pop, like, they both get a good pop, but yeah, I don't I, know. I, like, I, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say, I think that's because of their show, Total Bells and Total Divas. They've seen what they're like outside of the ring, and like, everyone mm. knows how genuine of a person. Brie is and how kind she is and how she wants to protect the earth and she's so sweet and adorable and people can connect with that. Oh, that's so true. I totally, honestly, I totally forgot about the show that they have. No, that's so, that's so true. And I think people, I'm going to probably shoot myself in the foot with this, but people may or may not feel sorry for her because Nikki tends to be the more dramatic one and the it's all about me and oh, oh my god singing of this scene of that yes very I'm true gonna, yeah i'm gonna scene of him later wow that was <laughs> horrible yeah <laughs> it sounds like man even i cringed i totally forgot about that i was like oh 
Well, like, um, <laughs> yeah, no, that's totally true, though. Yeah, she, that, um, people, she, yeah, she's probably, like, I mean, it's kind of weird to say, but, yeah, she's probably, like, the back, the sister that's kind of in the back, the underdog sister-ish, in a way, since Nikki's more in the forefront. So I could totally see people, like, gravitating toward her more just because it's like, I don't know, Nikki kind of has problems that just are not really that relatable to begin with. It's like, oh, I'm too attractive. Yeah. Okay, we get it. Oh well, yeah. And then you you really did connect though with Nikki when it came to her injury because you felt everything she went through, you felt. And it's like she had a neck injury and you felt so bad that she was giving up her dream because everyone loves to chase their dream and not everyone gets to succeed at chasing their dream. Yeah, no, 100%. And it's like, I think... Uh... So it's funny, like, I think, so they did a, her and Bree did an interview on a podcast that I listened to called Pardon My Take. It's a part of Barstool. And I think she addresses her neck injury. And she even says that too. It's like people kept on saying like, oh, you don't have, like, good, you don't have to rustle anymore. And, you know, like, <clears throat> you have to do this and do that. But like, her dream was to rustle. Her dream was to be in the WWE and do that and it's just you know it's it really is sad that like an injury like that had to derail her for good from like doing what she loved so it's it's and that in page too page uh uh when we were talking about edge and the neck injury and like how daniel bryan came back now people are talking about edge coming back um I was worried that like a lot more people are going to be talking about Paige coming back too and wanting to come back. But yeah, that's another one where I'm like, oh man, at least she's doing something with WWE backstage and whatever. But man, that was a, that's a, that's an injury. That's kind of like, oh crap. I wish uh, she didn't have that. So she could continue wrestling. Cause she was good. I liked her a lot. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. When, Paige left. It's because she got suspended and then she had all that trouble and drama with Del Rio. And this is while Del Rio... Like, Del Rio left WWE and then suddenly he's the Impact World Champion. Then everything went down. And Paige sort of really lost herself with the fans. Yeah. By the time she came back, all was forgotten. I don't know if anyone knew what was coming, but man, did she get a pop. Yeah, she got a huge pop. Yeah, the, uh, what was it during like the Mickey James and Sasha match? That was, yeah. uh, that was good. It was good to see her come back for a little bit. Do you agree with the uh, WWE list? I know you said you in the beginning you were kind of like, there's some that weren't. Like, this, oh, like, do you want? It re- go ahead, go ahead. It, yeah, it reminded me of some um, that I'd totally forgotten about. And I thought, hold on, they were huge returns, but then I don't know if you'd say it fizzled out, but it was sort of, it was a huge return, but then it sort of wasn't because it be- then became underrated and you forgot about, like, you won't forget about the Hardy's return at Mania. But a lot of people will forget about Mysterio's return. Yeah. 
I honestly forgot. <laughs> I'm actually kind of one of those people that forgot about his return and how it was. But yeah, I completely agree. For me, one of my favorite ones was seeing My Hero return. Because growing up, there was one wrestler that, like, when you talk about your favorite wrestler, everyone's Rock, Stone Cold, Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, Goldberg, Sting, um, whoever else it might be. For me, mine returned this year, at, this year at the Royal Rumble. No, last year at the Royal Rumble, and that was the Hurricane. <laughs> Gregory Helms. Yes, I was a huge Hurricane fan. When he transitioned to Helms on SmackDown, not so much. I was a huge Hurricane fan growing up. Dude, it was such a great gimmick. It was such a great... I don't know, everything about that guy was just great. Yeah, I I completely agree. I think I was heartbroken when he got eliminated so quickly by Cena. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, yeah. It should have lasted longer. Like, oh, man. Dude, oh, now you're making me think about, like, all the great things that uh, that he did. The tra- he tried to do the double choke slam. He did, oh, man, he always had the cape. His entrance was even awesome, where it, pre- it had him pretend flying over there. <laughs> it's just, it was just, like, the whole gimmick was just great and done well by him. His entrance was dope. Even as like yeah. an eighteen-year-old teenager, I had a like fluoro green singlet, a black cape, and a black mask, and I dressed up as the um, hurricane at eighteen years old. Dude, that's awesome! Please Actually, post those been, pics. It might have been six. I'd have to go find them. They're on a. That was like 12, actually, it would have been longer than that. I would have been 16, so yeah, about 12 years ago. I know there's, oh, where would they be? I think I know where the photos are. I just don't think I have access to them. Oh, man, if you you can, man, you got to post them because that's awesome. Because he's so good on social media, too, where he'll probably respond to it and everything, so. Yeah. I think it was my um, MSN Messenger account, which no one's used MSN Messenger in God knows how long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, one of the. Sorry, go on. Oh, I want. Actually, I was going to ask you about a return that we talked about last night um, CM Punk. So. <laughs> I was going there myself. Oh, nice. See, great minds, baby. <laughs> great minds, baby. Think alike. Well, seeing as we're so, going to talk about CM Punk, we might spoil this a little bit and jump straight into our next segment with Renee Young when it wants to load. And it's going to go <laughs> to a quick little advert first. So we'll quickly mute the. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's an advert about KFC. <laughs> oh, oh, man. All right. So, talking about CM Punk, this is our random react. Great show. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about WWE. We like to have those, like, those iconic yes. history-making moments in WWE. Yes. Make, make us yeah. all fans. So I think it's time that we start doing some of our own 
right here on WWE Backstage. You guys in? Okay. Yeah, what, what, All right. yeah, what are we doing? In three, surprise. two, one. I change the culture. Oh! I'll see you here next week. Yeah! Feels so good. It feels so good to, to hear that music again. So I'm going to throw a hot take out here and a controversial hot take at that. I prefer his old music. Ooh. The, <laughs> um, living through the darkest days. This fire burns always. I have that on my playlist still, and I play that at work, which drives my co-workers nuts. Not so much the song itself, (laughs) but because I hit shuffle, you go from country to this to that. Next minute, you're listening to Let It Go, Let It Go finishes, and all on that soft, sappy sing-along to real hardcore. Um, how does the song go now? I've just drawn blanks. Um, living through the darkest days, this fire burns always. <laughs> and yes, I'm aware I can't sing. <laughs> hey man, it's your podcast, man. You can do whatever you want. That's the beauty of having your own podcast. You damn straight I can. I've, <laughs> I've learned that from listening to Josh's podcast. I have everyone listening to it. I know Cena listens to it. The Rock listens to it. CM Punk listens to my podcast. <laughs> Chris Jericho listens to it for tips on his podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah. What's I... life if you can't talk to Smash? Oh, yeah. 100%. But going back to the... Um, CM Punk return we were discussing it because it said the greatest returns of the past decade it never specifically said in ring returns and it's sort of his return to WWE through a Fox contract so really he's on a WWE show because of his um, relationships with Fox so it's more like it's WWE's cousin or I don't even know how to put it. He's not a part of the WWE family directly. He's more like CM Punk is the in-law to WWE. There yeah. we have it. And you yeah, that's that. beautiful. I know that's a that's a great analogy, a great comparison, I think. No wonder Vince doesn't like him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you can like already hear uh, field off eye roll whenever Vince probably like watches WWE backstage whenever uh, he's there. Oh my gosh! But yeah, and I I, I love it. I I love the return because I asked you. I did ask you last night. I was like, are you counting 
are, is this just in your ring returns? And you said, no. And I'm like, okay, then yes, you, you are correct. This is the best return to WWE in a way. Uh, what's it called? Of the last decade. Oh, oh my gosh. Like it was talked about, but I don't think if anyone knew about it. Yeah, it's yeah, it was crazy. Like honestly, I didn't know about it until um, because I t- I take care of uh, our the Get Your Twitter account. All of a sudden, I just started like seeing videos popping up, and I'm just like, "Wait, is this real? Is this real right now? Is this real?" Because like honestly, like I don't watch WWE backstage, but I mean, I do now. <laughs> now that now that he's back, but um, Chicago's yeah, going. Trending, he was just trending for like weeks. Oh my gosh, it was uh, it was such a great sight uh, sight to see. Because like honestly, like I there was I thought there was no way. I thought there was no way because you could even like WWE. You could say his relationship with WWE ruined. I don't want to say ruined, but like it really did damper his wrestling career. It like it took a toll on his health because like. How can you trust like doctors of a larger company like that anymore? Um, how can you trust anybody in the WWE anymore? Uh, it w- they went through lawsuits. It ruined his friendship with Colt Cabana. Like it really did like take a toll on his life. Mm. And oh man, to see him back, it was just like, whoa! Are you kidding me? This is crazy. How how, how was your reaction? I heard rumblings of it myself on Twitter, and I'm like, because it was on the first, at the end of the first episode, so obviously at this point, I hadn't seen Backstage. I planned to go see Backstage because I actually quite enjoyed the bump. And I'd seen rumblings of it, and then I'd gone to YouTube to see the clip of it. See, nah, this is just clickbait. People are talking smack. And I watched the clip, I'm like, oh my god. I'm in. Punk, I will see you next week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like there are the rumblings. There are the rumblings on Twitter and Instagram or whatever. But then, you know, you hear those same rumblings for like, oh, Punk's going to be on AEW. Like, oh, he's going to be in blah, blah, blah. You're, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's always going to be those rumors. So it's come to the point where it's like, I'll believe it when I see it. And oh, man, when I saw it, man, oh, man. It was just so great. Like, I can't, like, it's, it's good. And you know, another thing, too, is it's good to be genuinely surprised by something in the wrestling world. Because I think Stone Cold had a quote re- uh, recently where he's just like, nothing surprises. There's no such thing as surprises anymore like it was in the Attitude Era. And he's kind of right. He's like, it's, it's so hard to, like do a nice, do a crazy spin that, like, no one's going to see coming. Or, But, like, even with the rumblings, like, I think it was just too hard to believe that it was going to happen, that Punk was going to be associated in the, in one way or another with the WWE until, like, you actually saw him with Renee Young, with Paige, with Booger T and all that. Like, and then it was just like, oh, my gosh, wow, this <laughs> this is almost as good as the pipe bomb. Yeah, the pipe bomb 
we did actually that was one of the random reacts a couple of weeks ago it was the last episode I recorded with um, Seth because I'm not sure what's happened to him actually it doesn't say he's deactivated Twitter but his name's deactivated on Twitter he hasn't posted in ages he hasn't posted on his Xbox feed his Instagram feed so it's curious but yeah, uh, our last one, we were talking about the pipe bomb because that was the week CM Punk returned. So because CM Punk was the big topic, I made that particular random react, um, the CM Punk pipe bomb, and we talked about that. It's, oh. it's the random react segment. It is honestly one of my favorite segments to do because I sort of just go, okay, so now it's the random react time, and I just... They never know what's coming most of the time. Dude, I love it, man. No, it's true. And that's good. You get genuine responses from your random yeah. reacts. I love it. Because, like, for real, like, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I didn't even, we talked about CM Punk. I didn't know we were going to talk about it for this segment, but we did talk about him last night. And it's good. It's funny that we both brought up the, <laughs> we were both going to bring him up at the same time. Yeah, um, I know. Right? Yeah. No, one of my first, ra- I don't know if it was the first one, but one of my first random reacts was with, um, actually, I think it was my second random react, was with Queen, and she had no idea what was coming. And I'd done <laughs> my research for it, and she's waiting for it, and all she hears over her end of the call is Stone Cold delivering his Austin 316 speech, and all I can hear in the background is Queen going, Oh my god, yes. This is brilliant. <laughs> and she's like giggling out of excitement and just afterwards there's just silence for about three or four seconds, just her soaking it in like is the best thing she's ever heard. Like she's hearing it for the first time. And it was so genuine and that's what I love about it. Oh, it's great. Dude, that's a great that's a great segment. That's a great segment. Here, question for you though. Better on the mic. Triple H, Stone Cold, or The Rock? Who's who's the top on the mic out of those three? I really have always stuck to the same answer for this one. And I really hate myself for this answer. Because growing up, I was always a fan of The Hurricane. My brother's favorite wrestler just happened to be one of the hurricane's biggest rivals and that was the rock and for the fact that my brother was a huge fan of the rock and was also the hurricane's rival i've always despised the rock always (laughs) had that inkling like oh not him again i respect him no doubt but it's just like when it was him versus cena i was cheering cena that's a that's a bold move. That's a bold. That's a, that's a, that's I mean, I w- openly admit that it's a bold move I, right there. I was, I. It's not that I haven't been a fan of him, but when he goes up against someone else, I will ninety percent of the time support that someone else. I mean, I was supporting him when he went up in Mania in his last Mania match where he defeated Eric Rowan in about three seconds. Oh my god! Yeah. I was supporting him then because at the time I just, I don't know, I've never been a fan of Eric Rowan. 
Yeah. Trust me, we make fun of him on our show too. It's totally fine. The, he was literally the jobber of the Wyatt family. The guy that was like, yeah, go get him. Like the, the, the ultimate henchman that just got his ass kicked every time. So we, we, we're in the same boat on that. He was the Dean Ambrose of the Shield. Yeah, 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 it's true. You, <laughs> exactly. But uh, there, what, I did start ahead. to like him when he came back with Daniel Bryan, but what I want to know is, what do you think is in the bag? Oh, <laughs> in the... <laughs> I will go with the <laughs> the best response I saw on one of uh, one of the polls on Twitter. Uh, I will go with a DVD copy of uh, Mar- Marine Five. I'll go with that. <laughs> I, I I read that. I was like, oh my god, I have to retweet this. It's too funny. I've seen a few funny ones. There was um, something like his release papers or an AEW contract. I've, <laughs> I've seen. Every contract of every misgruntled WWE superstar, but one of my favorite ones is like it looks like it's the cage of a for the size of a pet. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite responses is Baby Yoda. <laughs> oh man, As Baby Yoda deserves more respect than to be put in like a bagged cage. <laughs> he needs that floating. Have you have you uh, watched The Mandalorian? Have uh, I have to? seen. I have seen the first two episodes, and I've probably seen about a minute of episode three. It's well, a I, great show. I am probably going to, as you call it, a bold move with the rock. I'm going to throw another bold one out here. I never gave The Mandalorian a chance because I've seen what Star Wars TV shows are like, especially with the anime ones, and I'm just like, Ugh. not interested. Oof. And then the one of my co-workers and one of my staff members were interested, and I just happened to be the only one with the Disney Plus account. So we all got pizza, and we all watched the first two episodes because at the time that was the only two released on my... I really hate to admit when I'm wrong, but I really enjoyed this. <laughs> it's I yeah. I was gonna say I was like, it's good. I was like, I, really I feel is. your pain. I feel your pain when it comes to when it comes to what uh, the Star Wars, um, what Star Wars can become like on TV shows and cartoons, and you're just like, uh, maybe not, but like. They did, is... that with, they did that with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh my god, yeah. That's just well, garbage, straight garbage. My niece, my goddaughter, my goddaughter loves it, but no, it's straight garbage. So my, actually, it's funny. <laughs> Justin, the, uh, I'm the godfather for Justin's uh, daughter, so Justin also feels the same way about the new Ninja Turtles, so he actually just found all the old Ninja Turtle cartoons, like, from, like, the 90s, and is just, like, telling her, like, yeah, this is the only one. This is the only one that's out there. Watch this. (laughs) Well, the one I grew up with, um, Raphael was a real badass, Mm -hmm. and um, 
I think it was 2003-ish, I think it was. And there was probably one of the greatest ones I've ever seen. And it was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Turtles get it on. Heroes in a half shell. And I had this full of wicked ass theme song with them skating down a sewer pipe and everything. And the shredder looks like a badass. And mm. I wanted to get it all on DVD, but it turns out you can't in Australia. Because the ones oh. that I found... The ones I found on DVD in Australia, I bought, but they were the even older version for when my parents were, like, teenagers. Oh. Well, I think maybe maybe early 90s, late 80s, I think it was. And I put it on, and that was the one where the theme song was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, or however. Mm-hmm. And it just repeats the same thing. I can't even think about it. Yeah, that... yeah, that's actually the one. I think like where it's like heroes in a half shell, turtle power. That one. That's yeah. I think that's the one that Justin. Uh, that's the one. That's the one I grew up with. But that's I think that's the one that Justin that is, didn't like. It, it was so weird. Yeah. Like, I, to go from the one that I was used to to go into an older one, like Raphael had a really high pitched, squeaky voice. He wasn't a badass, and they were all so similar. And the brain or whatever it was that brain thing was in the oh, first Krang. episode yeah he was in the first episode yeah that's interesting and <laughs> i'm like hold on this is this isn't right and april o'neill's part of the gang and the one i watched they hadn't even met april in the first episode the, oh really yeah and it, they met april in like episode two i think and then Episode three, they met Casey, and it had a real good storyline. Like every episode had a different story, but the whole season had a storyline leading up to a slow motion sort of one character on the right screen, one character on the left screen, jumping towards each other. The ninja swords were Shredder and Leonardo. They both land afterwards, and Shredder's head just falls off after like five seconds just standing there and you actually get captivated in each episode of the main storyline that you want to see what the next one is so good it is by far my favorite episode of teenage mutant ninja turtles or season i should say and it went on to about 2008 i think but by this time they transitioned into space and other um, universes and by that's I think there was seven seasons by that stage it was like eh. it's all on YouTube like you can find it on YouTube you just can't buy it on DVD alright I will look for that one that you like and I'll check it out since since I'm on call and I got nothing to do I will check that out and I'll give you uh, <laughs> I'll see how it is if you're saying it's better I'll see how it is because I am a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles super fan, so well, I'll check me, it. Better. But then again, we grew up in different generations. Like, my parents yeah. watched what I watched, and they thought what I watched as a kid was garbage, so I went back and watched what they watched as a kid, which was He-Man and She-Ra and all that sort of stuff. And I'm just like, this is... No. <laughs> It's, it's, it's it is it is different eras 
the different eras do make a huge difference, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I see what's on TV now, and I'm just like, no, this is even worse. Obviously, it'd be hard for us to talk about because we have a lot of Australian kids' TVs that obviously don't air around the world. But then there's... Because we've got the ABC network which with ABC Kids and obviously your ABC's more of an adult television channel where ours mm. has the kid shows throughout the afternoon, the kid shows throughout the morning, sort of late afternoon it goes into teenage, more teenagerish shows. Some of the shows that come to mind from when I was a kid were um, Cyber Chase, which I don't think that was American. I'm pretty sure Cyber Chase was... It had an American character, I think. But oh, then weird. there was um, Ace Lightning, where was this British kid playing a video game and the characters come to life. And that was a British TV show and I loved Ace Lightning. I'm trying to think. <clears throat> yeah, those two don't ring a bell for me. Because like my brother is uh, Jay, who's also on our show. Because how old are you? Because my brother is 32. Are you, still, are you younger than 32 still? Yes, I'm 28. Oh, okay. Oh, so he, yeah. So it's even, <clears throat> even more of a difference. Yeah, because I was to say, like, even though like my brother's only four years younger, like there are certain things where I, I was kind of like, eh, man, but it was still like interesting enough. Or like if I think about it today, I'll be like, oh, you know, I do remember that. That wasn't bad. But yeah, eight uh, an eight year difference is going to be a whole different level between yeah. you and me. And especially when, like, adult TV shows here are pretty much the same as the American ones. We just do our own version. But the kid shows are two totally different things. I mean, mm. probably the biggest kid shows in Australia that we can relate to is there's Play School. I know that mm. Play School in oh, um, the UK. I don't know if they have it in America. I'd assume so. Uh, that doesn't ring a bell. Play school, but yeah, like, uh, that was a more toddler show. But then there's obviously the biggest one in the world, Sesame Street. Yeah, Sesame Street yeah. is huge. Then Australia had Bananas in Pajamas. Yes, we had. We did have that. Oh my god, <clears throat> that was the one <laughs> made it to America. Wait, that's a so that's based. That's an Australian-based show. I had no idea it was an Australian-based show. Because the person who sang the theme song to Bananas in Pajamas was um, one of the hosts of Play School when I was a kid. But what annoys me about Bananas in Pajamas is that you used to have actors and wearing suits, or I'm assuming they were wearing suits. And it was all sort of real life, but with a background. But then. I think 2007, it just became animated and it was just rot. They yeah, did, I was going to say. They did the same with Fireman Sam and all the good kid shows. Like, oh my God, you've got me reminiscing over my childhood now. So, <laughs> so much for returns. 
<laughs> you know, you know, I was gonna say I was like, man, we are going through tangents left and right. We like gushed Why about Josh, <laughs> told people how to start a podcast. <laughs> Talking, oh man, oh, this is uh, but I love it, bro. Dude, I, I love your show. Your show is awesome, man. Yeah. Speaking of um, podcasting and like helping people a lot. One of the um, newer ones that sort of they've been doing it for a long time, but they've come to me for help. And I'm thinking, I don't know much. I don't know what I'm doing. And the, it wasn't until they told me their story. I'm like, okay, I've had luck. I'm putting it literally down to luck. So the boys from Wednesday Night Wallop. Oh, who, yeah. They God, do. Sorry. They have two guys. One watches AEW, one watches NXT, and each week they swap back and forth on what they watch, and they discuss that week's NXT and AEW each week, and they discuss everything Wednesday Night Wars. That's dope. I had no... Because I saw them. I saw them, they started following us, I followed them back, and yeah, I was wondering what they were all about, and that's that's an awesome premise. That's a a great... uh, yeah, that's a that's a great little thing. Yeah, and I'm glad been, they reached out to you, man. They've been podcasting since February of last year. Mm. Oh wow! And they only hit 200 followers today. And it was a couple of weeks ago. I just hit 1,000. I'm like, hold on, I've been doing this for six months. I'm seriously just putting this down to lock because I don't know what I'm doing. But the one thing I've always known is. Stand out from the crowd, do something different because everyone does a review show, everyone does a preview show, everyone does a prediction show. If you're going to do it, make it different. What and what they're doing, like they do a review show, but they do it so differently, like back and forth of the Wednesday Night Wars. And then you've got, like, obviously, I've got my um random react you've got mags who does his mount rushmore <clears throat> we got our sweaty session for our get show we got a sweaty session no that's that's awesome and then mags and i have put together as a like a super collab the um cricket's a big sport in both australia and england mm-hmm. and every four three to four years depending we have what's called the ashes series and it's been going on for like 80 something years and it's the australian cricket team versus the english cricket team in there's several different formats there's what's known as a 2020 format which is 20 and you basically throw like baseball but sort of different we have a bat and a ball and you throw throw it at them or we bowl it or overarm bowl and you do that six times to one over. And the 2020 format is you have 20 overs bowling, they have 20 overs bowling. You've got to try and, when they bowl to you, you've got to try and hit, hit the ball as far as you can to score runs. And then you've got the one-day format, which is a 50-over format, um, 50 overs each. Then you've got the bigger format, which is a five-day format. And it's just however many overs you can bowl till you loot. Um, lose 10 wickets or what you guys call outs in baseball Mm -hmm. so you get 10 wickets each and you get or 10 wickets to an innings and you get two innings each to make as many runs as possible so we converted that 
into a wrestling format where we ask each other questions and you get 10 incorrect answers in your session and you have to answer as many correct answers as possible before you hit 10 incorrect answers. So we thought, let's do that and we'll do that um, over five different episodes of just random wrestling knowledge. And we'll get teams of three. So I've got, obviously, at the time I had Seth and Josh and um, he had Omega Luke and Darren. And then one thing after another, Luke had wrestling training. Darren was with family. Josh had something going on at the time. And because of the time difference, we were recording at midnight. And by that time, like Seth was in the process of graduating school and doing exams, so he couldn't go. So it went from teams of three-on-three to just one-on-one. And it was one of the (laughs) first episodes I ever recorded to hit two hours. I'm like, wow. Oh, dude, that's... I I I do remember seeing that on Twitter, your... uh, That whole thing. Because I was like, oh, man, that's crazy. What are you... what are you guys doing and whatnot? And that's, yeah, it it's all really, about being just different and awesome. It really tested our knowledge because he was asking a lot of questions of what I had no idea about. He's like, all right, so you're going to focus on the intercontinental title and the superstar of Jeff Jarrett. I'm like, ah, oh, crap. <laughs> I know nothing about, or Jeff, no, I think one of them was even Jeff Jarrett's. Um, WCW run. I'm like, I know nothing about Jeff Jarrett and WCW. Yeah. I knew he was there, but I wouldn't know anything <laughs> about it. And then I started asking questions, and it turns out I was asking questions about an era he knew nothing about, and I was both focusing on season one NXT. And then we'd focus on, like, I think I got one of the Royal Rumble. And I'm like, okay, I know a little bit about the Royal Rumble, I think. And one of the questions was, who was the superstar to win two Royal Rumbles with the biggest gap in between? And I think he said, I said Triple H. And he said, he said the correct answer was John Cena. And I'm like, hold up a minute. Cena, we did what some in cricket's known as a video referee or take it to the umpire or the third umpire, whatever you want to call it. And I'm just like, let's go to Google for this one. <laughs> and I, I even said, as far as I'm aware, Cena went 08 and 13, where Triple H went 02 and 15. I think it was, it was no, Lesnar was 02, Triple H was 04, something, like, something along those lines. But yeah, oh, it was great fun. And then... The other, speaking of long ass podcasts, I recorded with Benji from Calavetta Comedy, and we recorded probably it wrapping up the episode. It took us forty minutes to wrap up the episode. Like we were having <laughs> so much fun talking, we could not finish the episode. Like we'd start wrapping it up, and then we'd get sidetracked. And then this, I think this is why the episode failed to process because it would upload to Anchor, but it wouldn't process. And mm. I'm just like, we're going to have to redo this or do something with it because we can't use it. And I'm pretty sure the whole reason the episode wouldn't work is mathematically, that particular episode was longer than an episode of Monday Night Raw. 
<laughs> you we, serious? We hit the three-hour mark, and that's not including adding in the theme song and the intro and the outro. And we hit three hours just talking. Like it took us forty minutes to wrap this episode up. We started yeah. recording at about one in the morning. Oh damn! Normally, I record. I used to record at 9 o'clock at night because 9 o'clock at night was about 8 o'clock in the morning Eastern time. But then Mm -hmm. Seth went into daylight savings. So he went from the same time zone as me to an hour and a head. And then America came out of it. It's it's really weird. My state doesn't have daylight savings, but certain states in Australia do. Josh was half an hour behind. Now he's half an hour ahead. And then obviously America came out of daylight savings approximately the same time. And now suddenly 9am in America is midnight here. And because, um, or Eastern time, I should say, and because Benji was in Chicago, 9am in Chicago is now 1am here. But <laughs> like, this keeps yeah. getting later and later. But, I mean, I don't work weekends, so I'm used to... Oh, good. I'm used to recording all hours of the morning. Like I did an episode with uh, Mags, my very first guest. I, we started recording at 12. We did two episodes, one for um, Badlands why we, and one for Why We Watch. And we mm. recorded till four in the morning. But what had happened was just randomly I'd been put on a um, random open out of the blue. Or it was random opens because I was doing closes all the time and I never worked weekends. And we booked this for the middle of the week when um, I'd finished the close. So I'd come home at 10 o'clock at night. I'd then do the podcast. And I booked it weeks in advance because that's just how we were doing it. And then just out of the blue, my store manager changed my roster. Suddenly I'm doing opens. And then I did my open. And then that night, the manager on duty called me and said can you come in and help me out for a couple of hours because we're short staff we're struggling behind i'm like yeah whatever i don't care just i got to go by nine o'clock so i left at nine i then came home got organized prepped myself midnight came ready we recorded till about 4 a.m talked till about 4 30 and i looked at the clock i'm like screw this i'm not even going to try to sleep i just got up and worked the next day i went to work at we finished recording at 4.30 in the morning, or 4 in the morning, stop talking at 4.30, and I'm at work at 6.30, ready for a 7 o'clock start. And I'm crazy, till, man. I work till 4 in the afternoon. Crazy. That's it crazy, man. A, it was a long day. Where if I'd slept, I would have been so much tighter. So the adrenaline oh, yeah. was going. Gotta get that, like, second wind. Oh, yeah. For sure. And especially working on fast food, it was, it gives you a real adrenaline rush in peak hour. Oh, yeah, I did see that. Especially if, like when it's busy, yeah, peak hours and whatnot. Like, you don't even think about being tired anymore. But then once you get home, I'm sure you like, you just crashed, just crashed right onto your bed. Yeah. So, we've been talking tonight about the greatest returns of all time. Sorry, the greatest returns of the decade. What I want to know is, what is the greatest return of all time? Huh. 
Greatest did return it, of all time. Did it happen in the past decade, or was it before? Hmm. Is at the moment two come to mind? <clears throat> okay. Uh just to see. throw you I'd on the say, spot here. Yeah, go ahead. Well, here, let me. Uh, okay. I'm gonna have to go. Okay. One be- one of the best returns has to be Hogan. I feel just because he's been su- he was such a huge part of WWE WWF formerly. Um, you know, like it was such a like I still remember like the the stupid skits that uh, Vince McMahon had them do of like impersonators of like people in walkers and canes being Hulk Hogan and Macho Man because they were so bitter of them leaving and and to see them back in like a WWE ring oh man that was like uh, it was just so good because you know he's a huge part of my childhood um, I have to say uh, and then the second one okay so as this, the second one is going to be uh, for me, and it's just me personally. I mean, but I was like a big fan of theirs, and it did happen this past decade. Uh, I don't think I've ever felt goosebumps from a return until I f- saw the Hardy Boys return and get yes. that pop, get that reaction. Yes, because I was like, like it was the the rumors were there. But they literally just did a crazy ladder match the night before. And we were all like, yeah, against the young. Yeah, exactly. And we were like, yeah, there's no way. Like, I mean, like, they they just did a match. Um, There's no way they're going to be showing up, blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden, when you heard the music and, like, or uh, when you see, like, the New Day and, like, who starts saying who, who. And you hear the music. I was like, are you kidding me? This is the greatest freaking return. So, I mean, I, I really like the Hardy Boys. I thought they were they're always going to be a top, a top five tag team to me. So, <clears throat> to me, that's, I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's not big enough, but to me, it was big enough. What about you? Well, I'm always, I've always been, other than a Hurricane fan, a Jeff Hardy fan. So that meant something to me to see that. And the fact that he was at Ring of Honor against the Young Bucks the night before, I thought nothing of him coming. I thought he might return. Once that match happened, I'm like, yeah, it's not happening. People were still going on about it, that he was returning. I'm like, they're insane. He won't come into the match or whatever. And he did. I'm like, oh my god, yes, 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 yes. But other than that, you said Hulk Hogan. Which return? Are we talking the <laughs> Saudi Arabia return? Oh god, no, 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 no. Jesus <laughs> Christ! Oh god, that made yeah. That's that's the exact op- that return is the exact opposite of the Hardy Boy return. That's like your penis just goes inside out. That's like oh man, like no, no, it's. That's not a, that's, that, that was not good. But uh, what's it called? Yeah, the, the initial return. The, so uh, back with that. Was it Himmler's Rock? Yeah, yeah. 
I wasn't even that big a fan of the NWO. Just the fact that Hogan is was back in the WWE ring, I was like, man, just the fact you're here is freaking awesome. Let's yeah, you know, let's get these like you know like generation versus generation matches going because that's what yeah. like what was it when he was going against The Rock? Oh man, because you know you hear like certain things of oh Hogan. Hogan wouldn't job for this guy. Hogan wouldn't when he was in WCW. WCW, yeah, Hogan wouldn't uh, allow this match to end like this. Like now, it's like, well, he has no real control, and he's back. So let's, yeah, let's freaking do it. This is gonna be awesome. I, was like, I don't know. A little kid in me came out. So I was like, yeah. Another one. I saw that. May would have to be almost Shawn Michaels. Back in, I think it was 2002. Oh. Coming back from that injury, he'd finally yes. found his. He'd finally found his smile. Yes, yes. Actually, that's a good one. That's a really good one. I was like the, and, the after the born again Christian stuff, and <laughs> he, yeah. yeah, he really. Uh, that was pretty. Yeah, that was a really good one. I think the best oh. thing I've ever seen from Shawn Michaels in that era was. Him and um, Montreal taunting the crowd with that return of Bret Hart that never came to be. Yeah, oh, yeah, that whole that the, all the mic work to that was so great. Because I think wasn't that like a like a ten minute like he got like ten minutes of mic time or something ridiculous on that. It was like so ridiculous. And they kept on playing his, uh, Bret Hart's music. Oh, you could almost say that that was the pipe bomb before the pipe bomb was yes. the pipe bomb. Yes. And, uh, and that's honestly, so not to go off topic, like we, <laughs> but like, that's why I'm so excited for Adam Cole, because just the fact that Shawn Michaels is so, is working so closely with Adam Cole is like, oh man, just the, what he can be, what Adam Cole can be is just, I can't wait to see what, what's in store for him in 2020. Because like Shawn Michaels, like, oh, you can see it. He's got Shawn Michaels boxy, like he's got the skill, he's got the ring, uh, the ring presence. Like, it just I just can't wait to see like what Adam Cole's gonna what, what Adam Cole's gonna do. But I will say this though, also honorable mention on returns, even though it's not necessarily an actual return. Uh, Undertaker going from go, bringing back the actual Undertaker. Uh, the old school Undertaker coming uh, and not doing the American badass Undertaker anymore. I will take that as a return because I was not the biggest fan of the badass, uh, the American badass Undertaker. Well, was I wanted two of them because there was the American badass, but mm-hmm. the, there was something like the American redneck or redhead or big red, whatever it was called. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was just something. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I know where you're going uh, with it. I, I, I don't know, but like, it was just he, something where I was just like, oh, what the? You're one of my favorite wrestlers. What the heck is going on here? He wasn't the American badass when he faced Jeff Hardy in that ladder match. He was Big Red. Yeah. No, it's true. That's true. Oh, that man. was a great guess, match. Yes, that was. A, oh, man. But that was a great match. But like, just a just because, like, the Undertaker gimmick 
like that old school Undertaker gimmick is the one that made me like him so much when I was younger. And for yeah. him to have like all that back, it was like, okay, good. Everything's back to normal. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I mean, do you have any others? Do you have any? Go ahead, go ahead. Another one that comes to mind, going back to this decade, speaking of Shawn Michaels, we had the return of Bret Hart. Oh, yeah. I think that was big at the time, but the fact that it led to where it went to with that match with McMahon at Mania, like mm. we knew it was going there. It was inevitable because it was, if Bret Hart was going to return, it was going to be to kick Vince McMahon's ass. And the fact that McMahon <laughs> just bumped around at Mania like that for Bret Hart was amazing. Yeah. I it was still yeah. terrible. It was a great match to watch because you finally got to see Bret get his comeuppance, but it was just a terrible match in general. Oh, yeah. But it's funny, though, because, you know, you get, like, <clears throat> because, like, even before Dark Side of the Ring, I don't know if you guys get that in uh, or Vi- I don't know if you guys get Viceland or anything in Australia. But um, what's it called? Uh, there's a show here on Vice called Dark Side of the Ring. And I think they have YouTube clips, if you can look it up. But they go through, like, all the... <clears throat> sorry. They go through major mysteries and stories out um, in the wrestling world, like the death of Bruiser Brody, um, the Montreal Screwjobs, another one that they did, um, Fabulous Moolah. And they talk about like the Montreal screw job and how the altercation between like Bret Hart and Vince McMahon happened. And, you know, like even before that show that came out last year, there's always been the, oh, did he give him an uppercut? Heard, you know, like Bret Hart was so like, Bret, Bret Hart told him to get out of the locker room, but Vince McMahon wouldn't. Like, and like, so you knew that like, you, people knew that there was that crazy hatred at the time so it's it that match was always it was just good to see it was good to see for brad even though it's a terrible match good to see because everyone likes <clears throat> everyone likes it when vince gets his ass kicked so that was good for the fans so it was overall it was good not a great match but it was it was still good to see yeah so what we'll do we'll wrap this episode up here um, can you tell all the listeners on social media where they can find you and the rest of the boys at Getcho? Yeah, thank, dude, thanks for having me, bro. Thanks so much right. uh, Anytime. for having us and repping us. Um, so you can find us at uh, First Getcho Podcast. That's G-E-T-C-H-O Podcast. We're on all major platforms. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter. Like I found Ozzy uh, Resolution uh, at the same thing. Get your podcast. Also on Instagram and on Facebook. Same thing. Uh, we do a show weekly. All our the point of us is to go through wrestling and go through the get show moments of uh, of the week that was and just laugh about wrestling and enjoy it, man. It's 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 just a fun time to be a fan right now. So and a, and a hilarious time too. So it's pretty good. Yeah. So go give the boys at Getcho, um, Getcho a follow. What have you got coming up in the future on Getcho? Uh so we are 
gonna we're be we're gonna be taking a holiday break. Uh, we're gonna be coming back in early January. Well, that first week in January, actually. Um, we should be in full force. I know, like the last episodes, it's either been like it's either been Luigi's been out, Jay's been out, but we uh been keeping it uh together with Charlie. Shout out to Charlie. Um. And we'll be having more interviews. We're trying to get more, uh, not only wrestlers, but uh, athletes to see um, how wrestling's affected them. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah, in, all in all, it's just us talking wrestling and having fun. But And hopefully, honestly, we're, uh, <laughs> we're trying to get to the AEW show, so... Hopefully AEW, if you're listening, can we let's let's do a show uh, at the Wind Trust since it's going to be in Chicago. So, <laughs> oh, sounds fantastic! I look forward to it. Um, yeah, so you can find me at Aussie Lution A U S S I E L U T I O N. I am also on YouTube, where I don't so much post up on YouTube as much as I'd like to. Yeah, I'm too busy doing the podcast and Twitter. I'm also now on Instagram at Aussie Lucian, where I'm doing a lot of, or trying to get um, viewers there as well. Trying to bring eyes to Australian wrestling and Australian independent wrestling. There's a podcast from a couple of weeks ago now. You've got my interview with the MCW or Melbourne City Wrestling Champion, Adam Brooks. That was great fun. I'm looking at, um, there's my local state has a promotion called um, CQW, no, sorry, QWA. And then there's a sub-promotion of that called CQWA, which is in a local town near me. So I've been talking to them on Instagram and hopefully I'm going to do some work with them sometime next year, hopefully. I've got to get back to them and hopefully we'll get something out of that. I've got next week on Mining for Mayhem. Um we hyped it up. We finally have my episode with the boys from Wednesday Night Wallop. It is a two-part episode. Part two will be out next year. Part one, we talk about the year and rise of AEW in 2019, right up until Double Nothing. And then from Double Nothing, part two will continue. Um, I've got an episode with Kevin coming up. We are going to talk Wrestle Kingdom. I've going to re-record my episode with Benji. That is the episode you don't want to miss where we stir the pot. <laughs> we deliver a present to Queen, you could say, which will get us banned both BJ and Benji. So, yeah, BJ, myself, and Benji, Benji from Calavera Comedy. It's going to get us both banned from Queen's Court for a very long time, which is we had to. We love our queen and we wanted to give her this gift, but I'm not going to spoil that gift yet. I just say keep your eyes out for it. When we do re-record and release the episode, check that out. It is going to be a lot of fun, that episode. It was a lot of fun to record with him in the first place. It's a shame we couldn't release it. The re-recording is going to be yeah. just as fun, if not better. Yeah, so keep an eye on all of that. There's a lot coming up for myself and the boys at Get Show. Uh, I just want to thank Daryl for giving up his time to come and join me. Daryl, thanks so much. I do appreciate you getting up early out of the morning for me. Dude, great to be on, bro. Thanks so yeah. much. 
Uh, anytime. I'm happy to have you on. And you're more than welcome back anytime you like. I uh, know these time zones are crazy bitches. <laughs> but yeah, yeah so, no, I can. Yeah. Um, thanks so much for listening, guys. Go follow myself. Go follow Daryl and the other boys from the Getcho podcast. And we will see you all next week with the episode of Wednesday Night Wallop. Have fun, guys. See ya. Thank you.